When you need to refuel between meetings or running errands, or you just want a healthy snack that squashes your hunger, wonderful pistachios, which come in a variety of flavors and sizes, by the way, are the perfect choice to fill you up and keep you going throughout the day. Wonderful Pistachios is also a good source of protein and a zero-guilt snack. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, guys, which gives you over 10% of your daily value. And with flavors like salt and pepper, sweet chili, and seasoned salt in the shelled variety, options like chili roasted, sea salt, and vinegar or jalapeno lime in the no-shell variety, you're sure to please your taste buds while snacking healthy. So check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Get the first word in. You thought I was gonna let you. You're all excited. You got so mad that show that I started. Remember that, Jake, when the old hen here tried to get the first word in? How how dare she? I know it. Please, can we let go of the hen thing? No. It was your idea. Yeah. Yeah. It was, wasn't it, Janice? You should be careful what you put into the world. Huh? Careful what you wish for, hey, buddy. This is a dangerous room for me. That's exactly right. How are you? Oh, well, I'm good. And I thought that we would uh, we would talk about how we can uh, be the change that we want to see in the world. It's going to be deep. Really? Okay. I, I you ready? That. Yeah, I'm ready. Very Gandhi. Really? Oh yeah. Well, I I, I that's what Gandhi. I saw a uh, in their local poster shop. I saw that. I saw it in a Ben Kingsley movie. Oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And a I poster thought it was, shop. A little poster shop. But I thought you it was really poster cool. shops. You know, you have posters in your house. No. <laughs> Do you have like one of Farah on a car from 1970 in there too? <laughs> Who has posters in their house? You're an old hen. Do you have one? I thought like teenage of boys are the only on ones that car posters in their house. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what I mean. A sane shop. What's it called? The neat What's a thing. Sane shop. A place where you find those things. How do you go through your life saying and doing these very strange and obscure things? You know, it's been like toot toot and wobbly pops and it's... all kinds of. I go to poster you shops. Think Who you, does that? You don't. You think you don't say strange things? I do not. No. Oh my god. You know, you say odd things. No, I don't. I say the f word a lot, which I've been working on, but that is uh, a very common working... saying. That is not obscure, unfortunately. So so maybe we should be the change. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, are you ready? Okay. We're taking this seriously. Okay. So I was thinking about this. We're, you know, we're well into January now. And we talk a lot on this show about not getting discouraged and staying positive and always trying to stay in the light. And that's all really important and really great. Uh, but 
when you think about what you want to be different, right? When we think, God, we wish this was different about the world, but let's not get discouraged or bitter about it. Uh, I wish that was different, but I don't want to get bitter about it. That's really important, and it's a good attitude to take, but one of the steps or actions that you can employ so that you don't get overwhelmed by these sad or sorrier moments in life, which are never going to go away, unfortunately, is to do exactly that, is to be that change that you want to see in the world, is to embody that energy or that positivity that you want to see. And of course, you know, this stuff is infectious. It's a very dynamic uh, energy and attitude. And when you behave in such a way, you live your life in that light, it touches others, it motivates them accordingly, and it helps to set the intention for your world around you. And I thought we might talk about a couple different ways that you can do that, how you can be that change that you want to see. And one of the first things is to really pay attention to what we put our attention on. So what I mean by that is, uh, gosh, I wish I could remember this analogy. There was, you could take a story about somebody. Oh, here we go. I'll give you a, a real life story. So a friend of mine was mugged the other day. And they took her purse, right? Uh, And they got her passport, her license, a gift card, this bag that she loved. And, you know, not a wealthy woman. She'd had this one bag that she'd spent money on and was super excited about it. And anyway, I I said to her, I was like, oh, my gosh, Paige, what the heck? How How does bad stuff seem to find you? My goodness, you poor baby. And she goes, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm so lucky. And I was like, what what are you talking about, weirdo? You just got mugged. And she's like, yeah, but I didn't get shot. I didn't get hit. The guy said, please. I swear to God, it was the most. He's like, please don't look at me. Please lay down on the ground. Please hand me your bag. And she's like, okie dokie. And, you know, gave her, the guy had a gun. uh, But he wasn't like, hey, you know, bitch, give me your, you know, he wasn't like a scary, monstrous I'm sure the whole thing was awful, but if you're going to get mugged, uh, you know, I, I, she was very positive about the way in which she was mugged. Um, she, you know, he didn't take uh, several of her other bags, which was weird. She was getting out of a cab um, and going into her house. So she had bags with her and one of them had her computer in it and everything. And she called, you know, she made the calls and this and that to her, her credit unions and um, all of this and at a minor inconvenience uh, was able to replace the things that were gone except the bag, which I think she's pretty unhappy about. But the, my point is, I was like, oh, my gosh, this sucks. Gosh, this would this would piss me off. I would be in a dark place for a few days over this just because it's like, what's you know, where's the humanity? And, you know, sure. what's the world? Kind of, I would definitely have one of those moments. And she was like, I'm so lucky. And when you think about it, what we put our intention on grows. It really does. And we talk a lot about your perception on things, your perspective on things. Uh, a failure, for example, do you look at it and go, oh, I'm such a failure. I'm so, I'm so weak. I'm so stupid. I'm so incapable. Or do you go, all right, we've got an opportunity here to learn something, an opportunity for growth. We've got a blank slate ahead of us to recreate something new and fresh. Where you focus your attention And upon what you focus your intention is going to play a really dramatic part in how your life plays out. So the next time that something bad happens, look for the opportunity in it. 
look and see how you got lucky, how the situation ended up going in your favor. And honestly, if you can't figure it out, and sometimes in life we just can't, we can't go, oh, you know what? There was a blessing in disguise here. Mm-hmm. Create it, and we've talked about this a lot. Create meaning in that setback or that sad thing. Uh, one of one of the stories that um, I like to tell is about John Walsh. You know this story, right? Mm-hmm. I've told this story on the show before about a guy who, such as this story is the most disgusting. He lost his son. His son was murdered by a raving lunatic. Uh, and ultimately, this man started America's Most Wanted right. in response to it and put uh, millions of bad guys and scumbags, well, not millions, but thousands away. It was actually Fox's longest running show, John Walsh. Mm. So... If you if you can't see that you're lucky, because in some cases we're just not, I get that. Um, if you can't find your way into that frame of mind, create a meaning for it so that you are growing and you are learning. And that is how you can survive those setbacks and those harder times. But really be mindful on where you're allowing yourself to get spun. So, you know, we can have a bad day. Someone can cut us off on the freeway and we can sit there and ruminate on that forever. And think about how much energy we're wasting. It's not getting you anywhere. Think about the guy that led you into traffic 20 minutes prior to that. Or even I had a fight with a friend last year, and it was so discouraging. And I was just like, gosh, you know, we go through this cycle again and again, me and this friend, and this is frustrating. And I was annoyed for days and disappointed. And one of my other friends was like, hey, idiot, just to be clear, you know, you're going going to Paris – with six of your best friends who love you to death and take great care of you and think the world of you and consider you family. So why don't you focus on that instead of ruminating about this one friend who you can't seem to see eye to eye with? And I realized I was putting all my attention on what was broken or what was bothering me. And it's important to look at those things and see if you can fix them. But when you just kind of wallow... Or you mire in something. Mire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mire? You get caught, you get, yeah. Mire. Mire? Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank God. See, I am smart. Uh, <laughs> shut up, old hen. So if you wallow or mire in something. Mired. Mired? I think it's mired. I think the term, you're mired. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll check with our, uh, our people. What people? We don't know how many people. What people are gonna? <laughs> I, I'm the people. Son of Bruce Paul. Look yeah. that word up. Okay. Yeah. In the meantime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on. Focus your attention on the positive. Okay. Next one. Now this one has to do with the company that we keep. And I read something that I thought was kind of interesting. I wanted to read it to you guys. You ready, Janice? I'm ready. Okay. We are relational beings. To meet an old friend is to access memories otherwise lost. And in that meeting, we help co-create one another's thoughts and feelings through what we are through. Shoot. No, it's okay. I'm with you. Ready? And in that meeting, we help co-create one another's thoughts and feelings through what are called mirror neurons. These neurons, which are outside of our conscious control, allow us to literally feel another person's emotions and are likely the key to empathy. We also connect with others through our electromagnetic fields and even our intentions. So who we are in any given moment is not entirely up to us. 
And of course, some people know us in some ways better than we know ourselves. And I thought that was kind of interesting because, yes, we do have control, obviously, over ourselves and the way we behave. But I got to say, like, for example, have you ever been around somebody who has a preconceived notion of you and it affects the way you behave or the way that you think? Certainly. And and I can see it more so with you because you're a public figure. Or even family, though. Have you ever noticed you go home and you get around your parents and you start to feel like, oh, my gosh, how is this possible? I'm a 37-year-old and I feel like I'm, I'm a 5-year-old. Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, you know, you get around somebody who was an older sibling. I don't have an older sibling. I am the older sibling. But they begin to treat you like you're that younger sibling again. Uh, even, like, even on the doctors, I hate to say this because I love, the, I really did love, um, the, the actual doctors, I thought they were lovely. But when I was around Travis or the other doctors, I knew that they were like, you're not a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I behaved in such a way where I, I was having to do segments and then I was having to like look at them like, you okay with that? You all right with that? And it's because it was like in that moment, their thoughts about me or my credentials were affecting the way that I was behaving. And when I, you know, when I was no longer on the show, I had to do uh, segments for press about fried foods. And all of a sudden it was just me again. Or even when we do our podcast it's in, and I'm like, I've spent years studying this stuff. What am I doing? Like, yeah. But when you're around people who have an idea of you, which, by the way, is usually um, their own projection. But nevertheless, it can have a dramatic impact on you and the way that you behave. I would get around my dad and all my evolution would go right out the window. I'd be a furious child again who felt trapped and bullied and powerless. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that in truth, I'm a 37 year old woman uh, can take, who has been taking care of myself since I was 17 years old, who's successful businesswoman who uh, has created many healthy relationships, but boy, I would get around my dad and all that would go out the window. All of it. So one of the things I want you to think about is, first of all, communicating with the people in your life about the things that you want to be different, about the change that you want to occur, occur so you can co-opt their health. Help. What is wrong with me today? Nothing. Can't get a scent. Oh, you're being supportive. Yeah. Don't be supportive, old hen, because mm. I don't want to have to be nice to you. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Okay. All right. It's help. The word's help. <laughs> <laughs> And don't help me either. Gosh. So so, so try to be the good guy. So so be around the people. Right. Be around people. Um, well, first communicate your needs to the people around you so that you can co-opt their support and their strength. Um, you know, make it a we problem, not an I problem. Right. You know, get get the uh, the benefit of their expertise and their knowledge and get them on the same page. So if you want to lose weight, they know that you want to lose weight and they're not taking you out for pizza. Right. Gotcha. And then yeah, give them the tools to help you. Mom, who loves you with food and makes you a bunch of junk food, you know, it would really help me if you could find me a healthy recipe for grilled cheese or a healthy recipe for uh, cookies or Tell them what you need and give them the tools to support you. Get them on the same page as you. And also address unhealthy dynamics, but not in a way of assigning blame. You treat me like I'm a child. No, because don't forget that it's a two-way street, that we play a part in that dynamic. I allow myself to be treated right. like a child. Right, that's yeah. it. Yeah. But it could be, you know, sometimes when we hang out, I feel like this. And I think part of our dynamic 
is creating that. Part of it's me, part of it's you. But maybe when we're together, you could address me as follows. Or we could avoid this subject matter. Or maybe you, you don't correct me about the way I raise my kids. Or, or what I'm doing with my finances. Or, or, you know, whatever it might be. Again, talk to somebody about that unhealthy dynamic. And then give them the tools. Tell them how you'd like to be treated so it can change. And ultimately, if you're around somebody that doesn't make you feel good... Stop being around them. And that's what I did with that one friend. I looked at all these years and I thought, gosh, you know, I'm constantly feeling like I'm the one trying. I'm the one making the effort. I'm the one reaching out and it's not reciprocated unless it's convenient or it's an offer that can't be refused. And I just I thought I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't. And even though it was upsetting, I cut off the dynamic. And I I was like, as much as I love you. I can't do this with you anymore. I can't have this type of relationship with you anymore. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna pull myself out of this scenario. And it wasn't that I didn't give a lot of opportunities to communicate. I did. But because of that person's limitations, um, we were never, we were going in circles. Yep. And when you continue to go in circles, it's like I would bring up my problems and then it would become about me victimizing them. It, you know, it's like... Then I would become the bad guy. Mm-hmm. We all have that relationship. I know we all do where you go, you know, I feel like this, this and this. And it's like you abandoned me. You attacked me. And it becomes then you hurt them. Yep. So I wasn't getting anywhere. Uh, and, and when you start to find that, OK, this is not going in my favor. I'm not the good is not outweighing the bad here. I don't feel good in this dynamic. I'm not able to make progress or change. I've spoken my mind. I've looked at the role that I'm playing in it and it's not progressing that's when you might want to reconsider that relationship and start making new friends or, you know, I know it's, it, yeah, but it's hard. It, it takes a lot of courage to say to somebody, you know, I don't like the way you say that. That takes courage because we do, we do risk. It's a risk you take. It's a risk that that person's going to accept it, tell you to F off, yeah. whatever they're going to do. So it takes courage, but, True. but I do believe. True, I do. I and do delivery is key. Remember right. to set yourself up for success the way you say it. Say it. What in the world? I'm not saying anything because I, I, what is wrong with me? You're well, sabotaging me. Well, I'm did you not put a curse on it. me? No, but maybe can't get a sentence to, Maybe you need today. to get a little more rest before you come in to do the program. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're saying I look old and tired. No, I don't think you look old and tired. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes I think you put a little bit too much on your plate. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to argue. Next one. Yes, ma'am. Okay, third and final. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm ready ready for what? I'm waiting. You guys hear this? You hear this abuse? I'm waiting for this one. When I tweet. Oh, you're trying to imitate now my stutter for today. Oh, oh, is that what you're doing? No, I just. I'm ready for this one. Oh, is that what you're doing? You can step out at any given minute, and son of Bruce Paul and I will continue the show. Isn't that right, Jake? We will continue. Yeah. You know, about could, the old hen. You know what? I could hurt you so easy. You say that all the time, but let's not forget old hen. No, but well, we're seriously. Spring chicken. Yeah, but you know what? Old hen. I'm feisty, and I could take you. I really do. I highly doubt it. Save it for oh. the video. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number three. While He's I right. Get, He's while right. I get ready to take you okay, down. number three. Yeah. Uh, environment. Easiest thing to change, by the way, because remember, things don't talk back. <laughs> but when you set up your environment for success, 
you're gearing yourself for exactly that success. But when, let's say, for example, again, we'll use dieting. You've got a bunch of junk food in the house and you've got the television on and the commercials are uh, triggering you to eat. Um, Gosh, I mean, I can think of a million things that sabotage me when it comes to food. But uh, you've got, uh, you know, whatever. The place is a mess. You haven't cleaned up and it makes you feel overwhelmed. Whenever my house is messy, I feel so overwhelmed and frustrated. And it can make me want to eat something because I'm just like, oh, my gosh, the house is a mess. I feel so overwhelmed. I feel so scattered and I want to eat something to calm down, which is crazy as that sounds. You just sort of like, ah, you need a a minute of respite. Um, Set your environment up for success, whatever that might be. So, you know, you know the rules. Keep it neat. Keep it tidy. Keep it positive. But more specifically, if you want to work out, leave your exercise shoes by the door. You're more prone to grab them and go. Get rid of the junk food in the house and surround yourself with healthy foods. TiVo your television shows so that you can fast forward through the commercials that gear you to eat. Set up vision boards uh, around the house that remind you of the goals that you want to achieve with aspirational images. Play music that's uh, very upbeat so it's going to make you less inclined to eat. Control your environment. Get yourself to the the local poster shop and get yourself a poster. That's Now there is a nice tie-in, I think. That wraps that up in a nice little ribbon, I think. You were saying surround you, and I, and I earlier said the poster shop. And I can't think of a better way to just wrap that up. <laughs> to tie it in a what poster pre- were you buying? I was trying to get the Mother Teresa saying. There's a Mother Teresa one, and I can't recall it right now. But You were trying to buy a poster. You don't even know what it is. Well, I saw it in the hair saloon, and so and then I thought. Saloon? Oh, I a yeah. saloon's a, a bar. Hair, a hair salon. I say saloon. <laughs> trying to be funny. Little local hair saloon. <laughs> that's a real kicker, Janice. Anyway, so hair salon. And I saw this thing of Mother Teresa and I went, Oh, that's really cool. Jake I, is entertained. I'm looking at Jake and Jake is he does he is smiling at the hair saloon, so it wasn't a total wash. So anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, but I yeah. think that I just I well, just, what was the saying though? I can't remember. It was something Janice, good. we all wanted to know. Well, I have to go to the saloon and find out. I can't remember. But I just know if I see it, I'll see it. I it's gone. Don't force me you to, ever to heard go of back. Google? <laughs> Which, you know, we got to end this segment. Okay, I'm sure we do. We'll be right back. One of these days, the ground will drop out from beneath your feet. One of these days, your heart. Stop and play its final beat. Go ahead, Jake, make your announcement. <clears throat> Jillian Michaels podcast announcement. Jillian was correct. Mired. <laughs> mired is the correct term. I said mired. She no. said mired. Meyer. Right? Meyer. Oh, what is it? Well, a mire is an area of wet, soggy, muddy ground. Oh, crap. Oh, right. You're, I'm mire but, yourself. But the, the, wet term and soggy, the term is mired. Oh, Jake, you a, a mire is also a, a, dis- a disadvantageous or difficult condition or situation. Oh, mire, but mire. It's a, we're both right. So the, yeah. it is a mire or you are mired. Aha, uh-huh, right. And you could also say, look at, oh, look at, I look at how pretty I look in the mire. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What is wrong with her? Look at, who's the pretty girl in the mire there? Who could that attractive girl be? 
Such a pretty face, such a pretty smile, such a pretty too. She's dancing right now. <laughs> My mom used to sing that to me. Such a what? Who's the pretty girl I, in the mire? In the mirror. No, I'd oh, in the mirror. Oh, you like you did? Oh my God! This show is going to hell in a handcart. This is probably the this is the oddest show we've ever done. Add that to the Janice dictionary. No, I don't know what you're talking about. None of us are communicating. Absolutely, none of us are communicating. No, Jake and I get each other just fine. Jake. Do you know what the heck she was just saying? Well, she also just said hell in a handcart. I think it's handbag. It's, it is a handbasket, yeah. Oh, handbasket. Handbasket. Hell in a hand. No, you're right. Handbag. Hell in a handbag. Uh, hand some, handcart. You don't go to hell in a freaking handbag. Okay? Hell in a handcart. You know why? It's not handcart. It's either handbasket or bag. Look, you doughheads. I'm telling you. <laughs> a handcart to hell. That's whether you go deep into no. the ground. When you're a Hold miner, on. when you're a miner, uh-huh. you take a hand cart of coal and you go down, <laughs> you punch, you know, you go up and down, like in the cartoons, into the mine. Uh-huh. Mine is going into hell. Yours is going into hell. I'm going to just see if I can oh recruit a little God. help. But anyway, what Jake was saying is that. Oh, my God. Who are you calling? I'm just kidding. Oh. Hey, G, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Oh Complete this sentence. Ready? It's all going to hell in a handbasket. Ah! Oh! Ah! <laughs> Thank you and good night, sir. I got it right. Yeah. Well, of course you did because that's what I said. Awesomeness. All right. Love you. Bye. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving you do, on. You do a little show, and okay. I'm going to go out to the Google the Good. Google place. You the do Google that. Machine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I told you. Anyway. Well. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was flying home, and uh, I pulled a men's health, of course, at the, at the, oh, you're back. You're the computer in the morning. You're the Oh, you're, you've decided to come back. Tail between the legs, eh, old hen? No, I couldn't find a computer to, to turn on in this whole studio. Well, I have one right here. Yeah, well. I'll turn it on and later. I was going to do a segment, though, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, please do. Thank you. Thank okay, you. so this one's called Seven Stupid Simple Ways to Eat Less. I, I got to be honest, I stripped it from men's health. Okay. And tell the truth. But I thought it was kind of cute and clever, and that's why I did it. Um, so one of them, this is kind of silly, but I thought it was cute, and it says to grin yourself thin, which seems so very unmen's health-like. Uh, but they did a study, apparently, and scientists in Brazil have said that uh, serotonin, which is the happy hormone, reduces your appetite. And higher levels of serotonin help you burn fat. And the more you smile, the more serotonin you release. Isn't that weird? I didn't know that. No, but I believe it. You do? Mm-hmm. You believe it because, of course, it's in men's health or because I said it? No, I, I believe you. Good. All right. Ready? Crack. This is going to come off the wrong way. Dear God. Crack some nuts. No, Janice. No, don't. <laughs> I'm not saying I teed anything. that right up for you. Yeah. Okay. Teed it right up for you, didn't okay, I? Crack some nuts. Okay. But the idea here is that if you're snacking on nuts to get them in the shell... Oh, yeah, like yeah. sunflower seeds or pistachio sure. seeds or um, even like walnuts. My dad used to have a, a nut cracker. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess it was the late 70s, but like there was a bowl oh of God. nuts. On. How many people do you see with a nut cracker on their table? When no one does put that. bowls of nuts out. No one does that anymore. It was oh. the late 70s. Okay. 
So anyway, I mean, I'm dating myself here, not you, old hen. So anyway, point being, uh, another little study, and they gave people pistachio nuts, right? And um, the first group was given shelled pistachio nuts out of the shell, and the second group was giving them, uh, was given pistachios in the shell, and the ones that were given the nuts already shelled consumed 211 calories, and the group that was given the nuts in the shell consumed 125 calories. Which, of course, you know, the idea here is just that it slows you down. It's more time-consuming. gives you a minute to register fullness, and then you kind of get over the taste because it takes such a long time to get through the shell. I yeah. believe it. Okay, next one. Uh, put a fork in it. You've heard this one before, though. We've talked about this one. Eating with your non-dominant hand. Oh, yeah. Because it slows you down. Yeah. Same concept. And remember, it takes 20 minutes to register that feeling of fullness, but it's incredible how much food we can pack away in 20 minutes. I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, I wolf my food down like I am the last man standing in a prison yard. So I, uh, you'd think I grew up in a pack of wolves. And I also do that thing with the elbow on the table where I lean over I the food and shovel it into my mouth. And, I, and my friends are like, really? Like, where were you raised? Uh, I don't really, know what like, that is, but I, I... I mean, I was an only child for 16 years, and I still do it. And it I mean, it's just fascinating so with that said switch hands and you'll find again i've used this analogy a million times i'm seemingly redundant lately hmm better work on that but the idea is uh you know you go to a sushi restaurant you order a bunch of dishes and they've ever forgotten something on you you know they forgot your spicy tuna whatever and you go oh my gosh you know did we ever get the blah 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 order no we didn't i don't want it anymore do you nah and you usually cancel it well because the time has passed, and that feeling of fullness has registered. So it's an interesting idea to try. You will look totally inept, probably. I wouldn't do it on a date. But uh, something... What? No. You don't think it's funny? No, it's good. It's good advice. I wasn't trying to be funny, actually. I was giving advice. So instead of you judging my sense of humor... God, this is... We're, this is you know, why don't, we just, why don't we just call this show the fight show? All we've done <laughs> is fight during the show. Seriously. We've been fighting for... How how long are we into the show? For for thirty minutes, we've been fighting. Let's put no, let's 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 put an end. To this Be the right change now. you want to see in the world, Janice. <laughs> we need a bell in here to open the oh, show. Janice, all right, all right, all right. Why don't you be peaceful and <laughs> sitting in the corner where she belongs? By the way, all right. I'm gonna keep going because I I have four more tips to get through. Okay. All right. You feel good about it? Yeah. All right. Uh. Use a, cheat, use a cheat plate. Uh, this thing's called a portion plate, right? Um, it's $12, which I don't really think you need to do this. But one of the things that you can do is just buy smaller plates, like a set of them. But it's called it's 12 bucks. It's called theportionplate.com. Um, and it, it sections out your little plate for you. So you can see like a quarter of it should be whole grains. Another quarter should be fruits or vegetables. And, you know, half or sorry, half your plate should be fruits and vegetables. Half of a quarter should be meat. A quarter of it should That's be great. Cool. I mean, I know it's, but it's, like it made, it's a good you idea. Know, it's kind of brainless. I mean, the name of this thing is seven stupid, simple ways to eat less. So why not? Eh? What are you, yeah. gonna, you know, you'll be there with your little tragic plate with all your buddies. This is me and my portion plate. <laughs> Way to alienate yourself in the home. God forbid parents do not get this for your kids, though. It's like, hey, you, you get the dorky plate. Ah, all right, here we go. Another one. Um, add bison to your uh, your protein selections. I thought this was kind of interesting, and I have actually done this before. Have you ever had a bison burger? Pretty darn good. 
And they're actually better for you for obvious reasons because they're grass-fed most most often. I've never heard of like a bison feedlot. So they're probably not going to have, yeah, they're probably not going to have the hormones or be corn-fed in the way that conventional feedlot cattle are raised. Um, but a three-ounce buffalo steak or a burger, it's only 148 gal- calories, four grams of fat, and 26 grams of lean protein. Uh, be an early bird. Late risers not only eat more calories, almost 200 more at dinner, and another 375 calories after 8 p.m., but they also eat more unhealthily than those who wake up around 8 a.m. I don't know why that is. That actually doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know that I can buy into this one, but it's a Northwestern University study. The reason I say that is because, like, when I usually have to wake up early, I usually haven't gotten enough sleep, and then I overeat. I think the key to this little tip here, actually, is get your sleep, period. Get seven to eight hours of sleep, because when we sleep, we release more of a hormone called leptin, which helps us control our appetite, and when we aren't sleeping, we release more of a hormone called ghrelin, uh, which makes us hungrier. Plus, it also releases more cortisol, which is stress hormone, and cortisol, of course, packs on body fat. And when we are sleeping in the first several hours of sleep, we release more human growth hormone, which is a really good thing for metabolism. So the more we sleep, the better it is for our overall health and wellness, in particular our metabolism and our levels of hunger. You might notice on those days where you don't sleep, the next day you just can never feel full. So I'm not really buying into this early bird one. I probably shouldn't have read that tip. <laughs> no, but you brought, up, you, brought, you, know, you brought up some good points. You brought up some other good points. Okay. And eat with a significant other or member of the opposite sex. This one I like. So here's what the study said. Men consume 37% less when they eat with a wife or a girlfriend than when they dine out with their buddies, according to researchers at the State University of New York at Buffalo Game College. Huh? That's a bad joke. All right, that's fine. But, but no, let's just keep moving. So, but, 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 I've noticed that, like, whenever I was on a date back in my olden days, uh, you know, when I was a young, frisky person who went on dates... Uh, you don't want to like wolf Dates. down food. I find that tip. I don't know. There's something about that one. No, you, like I like it. I like it too. Yeah, I think it's a good one. Anyway, ready for calls, Janice? I oh for sure. Okay, <laughs> stop us. Let's from do it. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, we are back, and uh, Des is waiting for you. Hello. Hi, Julian. Hi, what's going on? Nothing. I'm so happy I get to talk to you. I love you. I've watched you for years. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for calling as well. Well, I don't think you're going to like my question. <laughs> oh, oh, crap. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I have to spend time with Janice. Anything is better than... Oh my anything God. is a welcome distraction. Go ahead, Fair buddy. Um, so my question is that... Well, I just want to know what I can do to beat fatigue at the end of the work day. I have really low energy when I come home from work. Totally fine on the weekends. Okay. But after 6 p.m., I'm miserable. I cannot. Sometimes I have tears coming out of my eyes. I'm so tired. But, oh, um, no. I'm working normal hours. My commute is pretty long. But I have, I'm trying to move from working out just two to three times a week to three to four times a week. Okay. But when I come home from work, I'm so exhausted. It's really hard for me to 
you know. All right. Sometimes you just have to push yourself. But well, I need well, to know what I'm doing wrong with my diet or... Okay, hold on. What is the goal? Are you looking to just be healthier or are we looking to lose weight? Um, the goal really isn't about weight loss. Okay. It's about I need more time to do things that are important to me. If it's going out, I mean, I'm only 29. I would like to go out more than once during the work week, you know? Yeah. Um, yep, 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 yep. I get it. Okay. Um, all right. So, so why... Why? What are the hours like? Explain them to me because you shouldn't be coming home in tears. That that to me is like, that's beyond exhaustion. That's that's like a almost borderline. The only time I've ever woken up and come home in tears is when I was a uh, motion picture packaging agent, um, and I was effing miserable. So okay. yeah, are you miserable? Are you tired? Are you both? Um, I'm not miserable. I don't love my job, but I like it a lot. Okay. Okay. You sure about this? Yeah. I mean, I'm moving into a new position soon, so I'm really excited about changes, but this has been going on for since I started working a nine to five sitting at a desk. Okay. Um, all right. So you're excited about the new position, the, the current job you like or you tolerate? I tolerate it because Got I know it's it. going to lead to better things. Okay, well then, okay, so you haven't exactly been thrilled then, but you're 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 paying your dues. Yep. Got it. All right. When does that new job start? Hopefully by the beginning of February. Okay, because I think you'll find that when you're doing something you love, time flies. You know what I'm saying? It it it's. <laughs> You don't notice it as much. It's not as painful. It's not the kind of thing where you should come home crying. Like, I have been exhausted, uh, but if I'm loving what I'm doing, I might be wiped out, but if I'm loving what I'm doing, I, it doesn't tend to bring me to tears. Well, I don't know if it's emotional tears as much as just tears start coming out of my eyes because I'm that tired. freaking tired. Okay. You know? How many hours are you sleeping a night? Eight. Something's no not- less. Something's not right here, kiddo. You're sleeping eight hours. Mm-hmm. More on the weekends. And more on the weekends. And you're working how many hours in your day? Um, nine. And then I have a two-hour, I mean, one-hour commute each way. Okay. So it's an 11-hour day. Um, all right. Is it a particularly intense, stressful job? It is. It's really stressful because I work in um, news and I'm an editor and I'm reading all day. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I remember a story that Steve Jobs was telling, uh, irony of all ironies. It was a speech I think he was giving at Stanford to students that were graduating and he was saying, a really good litmus test is when you wake up every morning and you say, if I was going to die today, would this be how I want to spend my day? And if you wake up too many days in a row and the answer is no, this is not how I want to spend my day, you need to make a change. And... I realize that as I've gotten older, I've begun to live my life that way. And if I wake up enough days in a row, unhappy, unfulfilled, I know that I'm not going to be able to kind of get around it. I know I need to make a change or a course correction. So my hope is that this new job is going to make you feel less exhausted, is going to be less draining, less stressful, so that you are happier and able to function better 
And if it doesn't, then again, there might be the consideration of another career. Is it possible, by the way, that you could move closer to this job and save yourself these two hours in the day? <laughs> just I mean, just from a practical Chicago, standpoint? So yeah. It's, it's, you know, I live in the city. I work downtown, but it's still just traffic. And I mean, the sad thing is that everybody does it. So everybody around me is always like, miserable and cranky and feeling like this (laughs) yeah but i like try to block that out because i'm like i can't i can't have that in my head i can't hear that all day long so i'm gonna make this train ride as great as possible like i'll listen to a podcast or i'll read a book i don't want to think about how shitty the commute is while i'm doing it you can't Um, you can't get around it you can't move closer not an option i mean some days it's great some days it's a 30 minute commute in and out you know but because it's a big city and there's congestion Besides moving downtown, which is really expensive, there isn't much more you can do. I, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that it might be worth the money because if you if you really think about that, that's ten hours of your life that you're getting back in a week. That's true. Um, which is forty hours a month. I mean, for you to get that drink or to get in that time for, to exercise or to, <laughs> to read, get, get that drink, down. girl. Well, I don't know. You want to, you know, you know what I'm saying. My- <laughs> Sounds like you need one too. I I, I mean, boy, oh boy. If anybody well, needs a drink, is, kid, it sounds like you. <laughs> well, I'm working with a trainer, and he's taught me how bad alcohol is for me and to cut it out completely. And I feel I don't fine know, without Cut it out completely. I mean, the, geez, the guy's a monster. He doesn't need to be. I don't cut it out completely, for goodness sake. I mean, it's okay if you're not abusing alcohol. You're not binge drinking. You don't have a problem. And you're 29, and you want to go for a cocktail at happy hour. I'm pretty sure that's going to be okay. You know, I'm so fascinated that you went straight to like it's a it's a kind of emotional issue, job issue, as opposed to the diet and exercise. No, I, that's not what I'm hearing from you. You're not a person that needs to lose weight. You're a person that's not finding time for yourself. And you're you're asking the same question that I think we all ask, where it's like, what the hell am I doing this for? You're like a rat on a wheel. I mean, I got to a point where I was like, I have no life. I work all the time. What is the point of working this much if I'm not enjoying my life? People need time to stop and smell the roses. That's why we work, to afford ourselves the ability to have the drink with friends, go on the weekend away, um, you know, stop and smell the roses, buy ourselves something nice once in a while, get a massage, or what is the point? A life needs balance. You're living a life with no balance right now, and you're friggin' miserable over it, and I think understandably so. You've got to find a way to get that joy back in your life, and I think those 10 hours a week, if we can buy them back, are worth the money. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I, I, I'm fascinated. (laughs) I'm just saying, sweetie, it's like you've got to reprioritize those dollars, you know? And I mean, I, I, I'm glad we like the trainer, but I I also don't think you need to be like no alcohol whatsoever. I don't believe in anything that's a black or white kind of mentality. Unless of course you said, you know, I have a problem with alcohol. It runs in my family. Then I'd say, Ooh, yeah, no, maybe, maybe no. Trying to make the point of showing me, you don't need to be drinking all the time. Like you have been because over the summer when I first met him, was like I had to write down every single thing I was eating for him. Right. And every day there was there was drinks. So I've learned that I don't I don't need that on a day to day basis. No, and of course not. But I just want to go out for a drink once in a while and, and socialize. And, and I think that's fine. Of course. Sure. What you need to do is you need to start thinking about 
okay, one night a week I'm going to go out for a drink with my friends. Three times a week I'm going to get in a workout. And you're going to say, okay, well, I'm good on the weekends for at least you know one of these two days. I'll get one in on a lunch hour and one in after work. And it's like, you know, but but at the same time, you, you got to start, you, it's either a new job or it's saying to your boss, like, I'm going to do this part from home or it's moving closer into the job. And I, I really don't give a crap what other people do. I don't care if, quote, everyone does it. Have you not heard uh, that the masses of men lead lives of quiet desperation? Thoreau. Yeah, those are all the people I work with. Right. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, because we're like, the, we're, we are all, you know, like living in the goddamn matrix. It's like we all are like, this is what we do. We're sheeps. We're lambs to the slaughter. There's a, you know, there's a, but you don't need to buy into that. You can break the rules. You can't change the pattern because it isn't working for you. You shouldn't be coming home every day in tears, sleeping eight hours a day and yet feeling so exhausted that you can't muster. You're depressed, honey. That's what's going on with you. You are depressed. Uh, I'm pretty sure of it. You are so exhausted. You can't find any time to do anything fun or good for yourself. You work all the time and you come home in tears. That doesn't sound like you're depressed to you. Uh, I, I guess I, I mean, I don't really know much about depression, I guess. So, well, I'm not saying like you, you know, you lock yourself in your room and, and want to cut your wrists. That's not, that's not what I'm saying, but you are definitely sounds to me like you're, you're in a low grade depression here. You're feeling like, oh, my God, you know, where is the hope in this? Where is the light at the end of my tunnel? Yeah, what is the point? Definitely, that is exactly. That's emotional. I've said before. I, I really feel strongly that, that, yes, you're being drained physically at work, but, it's, it's incom- but you're also not being fulfilled. You're not being rejuvenated. You're, you don't have a tremendous passion for this. So, like, when you're passionate about something, it rejuvenates you. It energizes you. There's a flow. There's a currency to it. You put it out, it comes back in. You put it out, it comes back in. Nothing's coming back in. There's a currency to it. I love that. But you're not, there's nothing coming back in for you. Does that make sense? That, yeah. I just had like a light bulb go off when you said that. Because that, I like to see, I don't know, that gives me a really visual image in my head. Right. What's wrong. And that really helps. Like on the way home from work today, <laughs> I couldn't stop yawning and I didn't have a particularly intense work day. But I remember thinking to myself, what the hell is this all about? I have two more days left in a week. You know, I I can't afford to be tired right now. And my job isn't giving me that back, you know? No. And you've got to find a way to give it back to yourself. And that means that you, you might have to sacrifice a little bit of extra dough to move into the city or cut certain things out that maybe you don't need like gossip rags or, you know, the $5 coffee every day or whatever it might be. Maybe we cut the trainer back to once a week or whatever, um, because it sounds like you're a pretty competent girl. You don't have weight to lose. I'm pretty sure you could probably take a spin class and get your burn in for 10 bucks instead of 50, 60, 70, whatever the trainer. Not that I'm trying to throw your trainer under the bus. I, I think, <laughs> but I'm just no, saying, He's great. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I think that there's a way for you to reprioritize those dollars and you really need to start thinking about how you're going to begin nurturing yourself. I, I went through everything you're going through and I began to hate my work. And I was like, oh my God, this is not good. Like, cause I was resenting it. 
I was resenting it because I was thinking, all I do is work. I never travel. I never see friends. I never go out. And my friends were always like, oh, buddy, we're going to the X Games. Come. I'm like, no, I got to work. Oh, my God, we're going to the to see so-and-so play at the Greek. Come. Oh, no, I got to work. Oh, my God, we're all going to go out Friday night. So-and-so's opening a new club. No, I got to work. And meanwhile, you were like 22 years old. All the way. Even up until, <laughs> I mean, honestly, even up until, uh, gosh, I want to say even 35 and at 35, I was like, this is enough. And that's when I began traveling more. Like, I was like, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to travel my butt off. You know, I'm going to go to Africa and I'm going to go to Japan and I'm going to go to France and I'm going to make the time in my life. And I'm going to start that saying no to things. That's not something I'm afraid of. I could definitely say that because I feel so happy when I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. I could totally plug into that feeling. It doesn't matter where I am. I can plug into that feeling anywhere. I could be on the bus and think of the last time I went to, like, Greece or something, and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. And I just feel totally transported. So if taking a risk and making these changes is going to get me that feeling on a daily basis, if this is what you're telling me is possible on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely, sweetie, but you got to make that time. So what you need to do is you need to say, you know what's going to make me feel awesome tonight? I'm going to go get a foot massage for 20 bucks at the little Korean place down the street with my friend. (laughs) You know, I have one of those and I have a little buddy there. And and then I love her. She's so cute. We sit there and we shoot the (laughs) breeze (laughs) and, uh, you know, talk about her kids. And it's like, it's my favorite thing. I go and I hide there and no one knows who I am. It's awesome. Or it's like, I'm going to do this. I want to do it big. Like I want to change change the career path you know not yes make it something you love follow your passion that's what you need to do you need to do something that rewards you and fulfills you and by the way remember it can't all be work because i love my work but if it's all work all the time you got to make time for those little things it could be even having a dinner with friends it could be getting in that yoga class it could be getting that foot massage but you have to start giving back you can't be putting out all the time. Remember, it's like you got to put out, it's got to come in. You got to put out, it's got to come in. We give, we take. We give, we take. Your life has no balance. You've got to bring balance. I love you for saying this because I was like, is it because I was drinking too much soda? I cut out all no. the soda. No, 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 no. I mean, no, I, that's not it, honey. It's. I come home and I'm still like half it's, dead. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. I'm happy it is, though, because now I can work on this. This is actually, I can control this. Yes, you absolutely can. And sometimes all we need is a little permission to put ourselves first because it's so counter to our cultural, you know, you you see it. But everyone's miserable, Jillian. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, good. Well, oh, good. Jump right in. So you've heard this before. I mean, dude, I've been there before. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you, you get it. It's like you can you can break that chain. You can be the one that steps out and says no. Just because everybody else is a, the lamb in the slaughter doesn't mean you have to be. Yeah. Okay. And I have a little sister. Whenever you talk about your little sister, I'm always like, oh, I have to turn it up. Because she's 16. She's around the age where she's looking for schools and things. Uh. And whenever I'm around her, I'm super conscious, like, hyper conscious of how I'm acting, what I'm doing, being responsible enough, am I giving her, like, a bad, I don't know, vibe? Like, I don't ever want her to feel like this. 
so I try really hard to be set that example around her. Yeah. So, and then when you're saying this to me that it's not anything like working out or what I'm eating that's wrong, it's no, babe. The situation of my life. Yeah. That makes me feel like, oh my god, the biggest thing I needed to take responsibility for, And and I'm not doing it. And what if, what if she wouldn't? What if she was? doing the same thing that I was doing, it would break my heart. Well, you know what? You bring up a really good point. One thing that I um, I used to say to parents all the time that I've actually forgotten is, would you treat your kid the way you treat yourself? Would you deprive them of playtime? Would you? Oh, would, no. Would, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Would I you do, do anything for her. Would you know? skip their doctor's appointments? Would you, um, would you keep them from their friends? Would you deprive them of sleep? Would you, uh, you know, would you burn the candle on both ends and feed it? You know what I mean. Same thing. You should treat yourself the way you would treat your little sister, your kid. Same thing. That's crazy. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> not, honey. It's such a huge leap from where I am right now, but I'm... And that's why you're in tears every day. Yeah. Because it's not yeah. your truth. And it's no way to live your life. And thank God you're figuring this out at a young age. Do you think 29 is young to figure it out? Oh, I could reach through this microphone and punch you. Yes. No, honestly. Oh, because, I, you know, everyone's, like, got their timeline of when things should happen in their head. Yeah. Um, it, it, I've never really had that, but I definitely feel pressure from other people. You you've know? got your whole life ahead of you. And even if you were 50, I would tell you you were young to figure it out because you have your whole life to implement those changes. You have years, 70 years at least, <laughs> to live a full, awesome rock and roll life. So start. I mean, I do on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> That's not enough, kid. A little bit every day. Okay? That's so true. Yes. All right, bye. I really appreciate it. Thank My you so pleasure. Much. Thank you for calling. Love you, Jillian. Have a good night. Oh, thank you. We love you, too. Bye, Dennis. Bye, Dash. Thanks for calling. He's cute. Look how cute she is. He's a cutie. listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass liza schleichinger slicing driving friends with her for 10 years one of the funniest people out there and i still have a hard time with the last name liza our very own owen benjamin that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you.